0: for another episode of The Cultural Hall. It's me, Richie T, and I'm joined uh, by Megan The Mitch Mitchell. We're very honored uh, she has put herself away in a bunker, a tent fort of sorts. It's basically summertime so with kids at home, you just let them run rampant, let them do whatever keeps them interested for more than five minutes and you'll know what I'm talking about if you are a patron saint. Uh, Otherwise, you don't get to know, but it's worth becoming one. Like like, uh, let me make sure I get names correctly before we go too far. Uh, like Gail Lassen and also like Lori Anderson, our two newest Patreon saints, Megan Hi, how Gail are you? and Lori. I'm good. How are you? I, you know, I appreciate the obligatory how are you. Uh, I'm fine, things are okay. fine. I'm just fine. Okay, you, um, <laughs> do
1: you know what fine means? Tell you me. know what it stands for? It, Freaked- is this- it means freaked out, insecure, neurotic, and emotional. Well, then,
0: yes, I am. I am fine. <laughs> Just fine. A, a more accurate describer. No, I'm fine. Listen. So, it's springtime in Utah. Mm-hmm. B- basically, summer. We get 10 days where it's like, oh, it's nice outside before it gets, oh, jeez, when is it going to be Sweltering. it's so hot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in that time, I have been working a bunch with the DJ job, but also uh trying to get some out outdoor projects done.
1: And or... what's the what's the status of those?
0: Oh, they're getting done, but it's exhausting. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I moved several yards of dirt, which isn't just Ugh. like, you know, that's not child's play. I've moved sprinklers. I've I've planted a garden. Way to go. I I'm all for gardening. Yeah. Well I want your kids to want to spend time with me. And I know that they like <laughs> to spend time with you when you garden. Uh, At least like three of them. Shout out! Yeah, the other <laughs> so ones thank didn't. You. I think they know. I think they see through it and recognize that gardening is just putting them to work, and you're tricking them. Um,
1: Sometimes, yeah.
0: <laughs> but garden in place, uh, and and after June the first, we have a rule in our house that June, July, and August we don't do stuff outside. We just maintain keeping stuff alive. So yeah. I've got about two more weeks.
1: Yeah. Yeah. exactly yeah exactly well cool uh,
0: anything of note for you
1: i just went to albuquerque for the first time
0: okay what what and- drew you to albuquerque except for i've heard it's absolutely gorgeous
1: my husband had a business trip okay and so every now and then i accompany him on these business trips and um yeah i mean i didn't get to see much of like albuquerque itself we were only there for like a like Two nights, but like a day and a half total, you know, okay. like okay. we got there midday Thursday and left in the morning on Saturday, you know, okay. um, stayed at the resort for most of the time. And like, he had meetings all day Friday. So I was just kind of kicking it around doing homework by the pool. Darn it. You know, okay. listen, Terrible. there were worse problems, right? <laughs> Absolutely. I ate way too much and it was delicious. And I don't know that I'll like, I probably wouldn't go back to Albuquerque by my own choice if Mm -hmm. there was another business trip or something I'd go back or if I had the resort we stayed at was fine Mm
2: -hmm. but it was
1: like also a casino and it's fun for people watching you Mm -hmm. know there's some interesting characters and apparently this is the funny part of the story we walked into our room after like the day of meetings and pool time and stuff on Friday and we're like why does our room smell skunky like our Mm -hmm. room smells like a skunk and so like my marijuana husband,
0: skunky, is that what we're talking about?
1: Well, it's funny because I went to the front desk. I said, Hey, our room has a weird smell. And she's like, Does it smell like marijuana? And I was like, Wow, you pulled that really fast out of your pocket. <laughs> and I was like, I don't, I, I don't know. Maybe yeah sure and so they sent somebody the, up. she
0: takes the joint out of her mouth and it's <laughs> like pretty much not like this
1: exactly like this here just hold it up to your nose
2: mm, and yeah, she like yeah, made some cool.
1: notes but they send somebody up to deodorize the room and the guy's doing it he's like yeah i'm sorry ever since marijuana became legalized here it just kind of like exploded everybody does it i'm like even in the hotel and he's like oh yeah they're not supposed to they're not supposed to have it on the reservation at all but sure. they sneak it in and i'm like Cool, cool, cool. I guess maybe I'll be a little happier this evening yeah. because it's wafting in. Yeah, maybe so, I was so hungry so, at dinner that night.
0: It's it, That's why I was <laughs> so hungry. I love it. All these things that we assign people that, you know, we that have never done. Drugs right. and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, I, I think I probably am high at people who have done it before. Yeah. Like, that's not that's not what high, that's not how that.
1: I don't know. I ate works. a lot of chips and queso at dinner, yeah. like a well, lot. Well, good.
0: <laughs> I feel like that's what you do in Albuquerque, right? Is that? Yeah. It's sort of like a, a Mexican feel. Is that Albuquerque? Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> definitely. Went to a fantastic Mexican restaurant. I had two different types of, t- of chili rellenos. I didn't even know there were two types of chili rellenos, mm-hmm. but I had them both and they were delicious.
0: Yeah. Well, there so. in Utah, there's chili rellenos and Rallanos. then everywhere else there's rellenos. So there's uh, uh, the two parts. Uh, so I wanted to um, cue this up because in okay. the last week or so, I had this question asked of me and I would be curious uh, to know your thoughts. So I'm going to go ahead and read this to you. And and then I would love your response. You have not been given what I'm about to read to you. Uh, You have not been prefaced. You do not know what it is. So on the spot, I'm putting the Mitch on the spot. Here we go. This is how well I'll leave it, uh, you know, anonymous. We'll leave it anonymous.
1: Hello, anonymous.
0: Uh, Says, asking for myself here. Have you ever had a feeling or a strong answer in the temple that you are going to get called into a particular calling? Now he, uh, you know, postulates uh, elders' quorum presidency or bishopric or young's ma- young man's leadership. So obviously this is a gentleman. Uh, he says, or even the impression from your leaders that you were likely going to be called into that particular calling, and then you get called to something else.
1: Hmm. Okay, so are we like talking exclusively in the temple or like just a generalized feeling? No,
0: I, no, I think I think we extended out a little bit further, okay. but okay. I think what this isn't, this isn't is like, oh, maybe, I think this is more of like the, oh, no, I, I feel this, this yeah. feels like, you know, this you don't ever want to kind of point to the outfield and be like bishop, but like, right. I equate right. it with that sort of feeling and then the thing comes about and that's not what it is.
1: Okay. So if I understand the question, right. Mm-hmm. So is it that I got the impression I would get a calling and then I didn't get it?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So it's okay. almost like the affirmation, you know, from the spirit that's like, here's, here's what's coming, get ready. And then you get called to something entirely different.
1: Um. So not necessarily for myself, but there's been a couple of times. So we've lived in the area we live in. Mm-hmm. There is like exponential growth and lots of new wards created new bishops all of that and not long after we moved here just like a few months after we moved here my husband was made um, a high priest Mm -hmm. and that was super unexpected and the stake president was like just so you know this isn't for a calling we just need high priests in our ward and Mm -hmm. so but he's like but it sets you up for doing things like Serving as a bishop or on the high counselor, like you have that all in place. But there's been a couple of times when there's been reorganizations of our bishoprics where I'm like, oh, it'll be my husband, you Mm -hmm. know, or whatever. Mm -hmm. And, and I have been so sure where I've even been like driving in the, like in the car and I get this impression, like, be prepared. Your husband's going to be called as a bishop, Hmm. you know, and now, you don't I don't know that you met my husband or maybe you've met him like one time, but he's like an absolutely incredible person, like sure. absolutely amazing man. And there are people who literally have called him Bishop as his nickname. Like uh-huh. he has employees who are like, hey, Bishop, you know, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. he's so like stalwart and like very spiritual and everything. So there's yeah, there have been times and I've been like, yeah, it's it's his time. And then nothing, you hmm. know, and uh, has so- he
0: felt those at the same time?
1: Um, I don't know if it's been as strong. Okay. Um, and the the insight that I gained from that is not necessarily like, oh, like Megan, you were wrong, but it's more like be prepared for the fact that it could happen eventually, you know, and how mm-hmm. would you react?
2: Mm-hmm. What
1: would that process be like for you? So it was like maybe one time it was be prepared, your husband's gonna be called as a bishop, and then I wasn't listening. Further, when it said in ten years,
0: you sure, know, or sure, something, sure, sure. Um, but but so. not for not ever anything for you personally, where you're like, listen, I know the young women's president is getting released, and man, I feel that in my heart and in my soul, that's me. And then you get called to the nursery.
1: No, because all of my like impressions of me getting called, okay, actually, no. So there was, um, we recently had a change in our primary presidency. Mm-hmm. And I'm the primary music leader. Mm -hmm. And I've been primary president in this ward before. Mm -hmm. We've had a few other ones since my tenure. Mm -hmm. Um, Like I was primary president when it was still three-hour church. You Mm -hmm. know, Mm -hmm. lots of changes. Oh, the Um, old days. The olden days. Yes, exactly. And so I kind of thought like, oh, I I was kind of getting a feeling that they could potentially call me as... Mm -hmm. As primary president, and it didn't happen. And I was fine with that because also my husband's elders corn president. So I don't want to be primary president at the same time. Sure. As him and being they wouldn't, president. I don't think
0: they would do that. I mean, certainly, I, I don't think so. Either. Ward, typically, right.
1: And, and they don't like, he hasn't necessarily reached the point in his calling where it would be time for him to be released, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. I don't know if there's like a time frame on elders quorum president, but it's three just been three to five. Yeah. And it's been like two and a half yeah. at this point, you know? So, um, I thought maybe then, but it didn't happen and it was fine.
0: But again, it's not one of these confirmations. So uh, as the conversation with this individual and I sort of goes on, like uh, he expresses, yeah, like I I felt like it was like the thing to the point that he's like, like, I'm wondering if I need to say something to someone. Yeah. Or
1: preemptively shave.
0: Yeah, you won't know the calling, both the calling that he thought he was going to get and the calling that he's been issued has occurred. Okay. And so he, uh, it, it sort of left him to be like, well, wait a minute. So if this mm-hmm. is what I think to be, you know, the fruits of the spirit and the confirming thing, and I felt this, do I take it as far as to go to the religious leader and be like, hey, I need you to know. Yeah. I had this you know, confirmation, affirmation um, by the spirit, and this is what it is, or, and, um, is it also a thing now that, like, that's, because we always walk out these things, well, maybe it's just not right now, but if you feel yeah. like it's right now, and it's not happening, then what do you do?
1: Yeah, you know, no. maybe it's, yeah.
0: maybe, maybe it genuinely is mm-hmm. that someone made a mistake. We don't often like, allow that into the context of everything. Right. Or someone might be called for, like, a week or something like that. But if, in fact, you know, he he gets called into this other calling and it's not ever manifested that this particular thing, I think that's a thing that, and he's a pretty stalwart individual, like, that's a thing that I think can yeah. start to, to kind of yeah. get away at you.
1: I don't see anything wrong with, like, being in with the bishop you know, say maybe, maybe it's not reason to like make a special appointment with him, but Mm -hmm. you know, say you're in your temple recommend interview and be like, Hey Bishop, I had this weird thing happened. Mm -hmm. You know, what are your thoughts on that? You know? And, and I, it would be interesting to see what the, how things transpired, you know? And, but I do think that there's some wisdom in, and Kurt Frankem has talked about this a little bit on, on over leading, leading states yeah. where, and it's more along the lines of like aspiring to callings, you know, but it's like, it is a good idea to prepare yourself for any and all calling that could come, you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. and, um, definitely not wrong to say, I want to find myself in a position where I could be considered for this calling, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And so I think this falls in line with that. Like go to, you know, if you're, you're talking with the bishop, even just like in the hallway, be like, this, this weird thing. Yeah. What what do we do with that?
0: Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. I would be curious if there are other uh things that people would recommend or suggest or kind of put out mm-hmm. there. Contact at the cultural What I ultimately told him was, you know, uh, you have this new calling and it's an opportunity to serve. And he's like, boy, but I really don't want to do it. And we'll leave what calling it is out. And I think that that might have part of, you know, part to do with all of it, certainly the disappointment of it. But I was like, I think you just kind of, you know, maybe your your unique talents are needed in this particular thing now. And who knows, it may come around where you end up doing that or it also may not i remember the only thing that i can relate to this because i've never been like oh man i want a particular thing ever yeah. ever <laughs> ever zero percent yeah. uh even even the um like i tell people i want to be the uh ward records clerk oh like, yeah i've heard you say i that. want yeah. i want that calling so bad <laughs> But even that, I've never been like, oh, man, it's mine. It should be mine. Why isn't it mine? You know, all those things. Yeah. Uh, I remember when I was being called on a mission, mm-hmm. and for some reason, and I'm sure that this has circulated a bunch of times, but there's this sor- sort of um, folklore in the church of like the the missionary who died in the in the car accident before their call came, but after they submitted their papers, has an open line that says they got called. Back to the celestial kingdom, oh, or, you know what I'm saying? Or like <laughs> yeah. um like the where the calling should go, it was left blank because <laughs> you know there's there's that sort of stuff, but also around that time there was some sort of thought that uh China would be opened up for oh yeah, for missionary yeah. work. And and boy, if I hadn't worked myself up into <laughs> I'm going to China, I'm significant enough to go to China, China <laughs> is where I'm gonna be. And then when I yeah. opened the calling in front of my institute class and found that I was going to Cleveland Ohio the visible disappointment on my face was palpable okay so much to the to the point that the teacher was like well, yeah cleveland's really great let's <laughs> let's talk about anyway
2: yeah i yeah. felt
0: bad that i put it in that situation so all yeah. to say uh, contact at culturalhall.com If there are other thoughts, other suggestions you have around this, uh, this other thing that I wanted to ask you, and I, ge- I did give you kind of a heads up on this, is I'm sure. wondering uh, a life-changing thing. Now, here's the deal. What I'm not asking for is like um, uh, these big grandiose things like, uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I hadn't lived the gospel and then I found a book without a cover and I searched to find out what the name of this book was. And, you know, I changed my name from vincenzo di francesca like it's not that kind of thing okay. i'm wondering like what is your what are yours or is your life-changing thing if someone asked you and i'll give you an example of okay. like a life-changing thing for me
1: okay. yes
0: let's hear it uh the at costco mm-hmm. you can get a caesar salad Yes, that, that divides into two oh. like it comes with two salad dressings and a big thing of croutons and a big thing of cheese and the little sprinkle sauce which i don't know what that stuff is but it's like a powder and it's delicious it's some sort of flavoring but it's yeah in one and it's like Ooh. six bucks and it takes you 30 seconds to toss the salad in the bowl and then eat it life-changing that's the kind of thing
1: that's the kind of life-changing yeah. okay Um, yes. Okay. We bought a pizza oven. Okay. A few months ago back in like March. So preface this. I've talked to you about this before. I went to Italy Mm -hmm. back in December. It basically became my whole personality. Mm -hmm. Like I've been to Italy. I make homemade pasta. It's a whole thing. Yep. But my husband texted me one day and he's like, Hey, how would you feel about us getting a pizza oven? And I was like, why are you even asking me just go buy it? Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and it, he got this little one at Orson Gigi, best store in the world. Sure. If you've never been there. If you but can it, it's afford like, it. I know. Right. Um, I keep telling my husband, I want like gift cards there so I can sure. buy new spatulas and stuff. But we got this pizza oven. that's like the size of a mailbox.
0: Okay. okay.
1: And, and it. It heats up just like a wood burning, like it hooks up to propane, but it gets up to the temperature of like a wood burning stove. Mm-hmm. Right. And um I make homemade pizza dough and we do pizza nights that way mm-hmm. rather than okay, we still do little Caesars because I'm not, you know, an Italian girl. Sure, not all
0: the time. Sure, sure.
1: But I make like homemade sauce and home and like do all of the things. And it has literally been like uh it brings our family together.
2: You know, we can all,
1: we make our own pizzas, you know, I top, I I set up like this whole little pizza station yeah like, well, these are the cheese the different cheeses we've got two different sauces we've got red sauce and pesto and these are the proteins you know that we can put on and then dad takes the pizza out cooks it up in 90 seconds brings it back in it's like the perfect little personal sized pizza with yeah. like just the right amount of charring the perfect melt i mean the cheese pole is like social media worthy hmm. and like once every couple of weeks we have grandma and grandpa over for pizza night and card games. Okay. We have aunt and uncle over for pizza, pizza and card games. We've had people from our ward over for pizza. Okay. We, it's a, my kids it's a social pizza. It is. Yeah. And like my husband's taking it to work next week so he can do like a whole pizza thing for his employees. And, um, John, stop it. He's pulling on my cake, <laughs> which is going to cause problems. Um, and like when my kids went to more, we did pizza for all of their friends and stuff and okay.
2: yeah life changing box
1: pizza oven yes life changing all right
0: i love it i'm going to start trying incorporating things like that in each of the news episodes and the Good. third block uh, eventually going away we're doing some changes here in the cultural hall oh. that's not what is going to happen today there is a third block it is the temple ticker we're going to take a quick break and do actual articles of news <laughs> Hey you guys, wanted to talk to you about a new voice app on the Amazon Alexa. It's made by the church, that is the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and it's geared for kids and grandkids aged 4 to 11. It's called the Friend Magazine Skill, and it allows your kids to play the Friend Magazine from an Amazon Alexa smart speaker. Now, here's what's cool about it. Each month, it's going to include new stories and new music from The Friend Magazine. It's, uh, you know, a thing that your kids, they know what it is. In fact, if you said, hey, kids, enable The Friend Magazine skill, they've already done it before you even ask them. And the best part is it's free. It's built by the church. So there is no advertisements or any content that you need to worry about. And it's a fun, great way to help your kids learn about the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's called The Friend Magazine Skill imagination to create something unique for you when you need creative affordable design let it be lennon design call 801-699-3022 or visit lennondesign.com here in the second block we do actual articles of news hit it peter you can't lose articles of news and away we go now you might be asking yourself why would we call this episode russell m nelson texas ranger And uh, this is the the first story. It's so funny to me that this is a story. I mean, I guess he's a leader of an international church and, you know, all these things. But uh, President Nelson said, yeah, guys, I use a walker. I'm 98 years old and occasionally a walker is what I do. I'm great. I'm fine. This isn't my deathbed. Patience with me. I'm a little bit slower as I creep to 100 years old, being 98 years old. Give me a break. I use a walker.
1: Yes. Yes. I love how he said you may have heard a rumor. And I was like, I consider myself to be pretty on like my thumb on the pulse of church news. Mm -hmm. And I haven't heard that rumor. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, I figured it was like as such, like, but like I haven't seen it like floating around social media or anything, you know. So (laughs) I was like, oh, what corner have I been hiding in? Because I didn't see that. But I did notice, I mean, he used the chair at conference a couple of times. So it makes sense.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's a balance issue, it's a safety issue. It's it also for me, and this is we aren't gonna take this for just a second, but I do wonder, and maybe Elder Holland would be in this sort of boat. But I do sort of wonder if like the apostles and the prophet at some point, because they are, it's a calling for the rest of their lives, but that's because we choose to have it be that way. It's not right. because God said, and you will do this for the rest of your life. Um, like, I wonder if he's, if, if he or Elder Holland or someone else along the way hasn't just been like guys or elders, I guess we should say, right. apostles, Bodies. gentlemen, <laughs> brethren, can I be done? Can yeah. Can I just go ahead and... Like I, I, it's not a faith thing. I just like this. Yeah, I'm just tired. And I don't want to do this anymore. And, or I want to do this, but, but someone of a more able body might be able to do that. And of course people always push back, like, you know, we need the wisdom of all the time, but I just, and this, this, this is, um, this is fairly telling, Mm -hmm. but I will often say out loud to my wife, I would like one leader that has impact on my life who have been born after the Cold War. And it doesn't have to be necessarily religious. But any of my leaders, if I could have just a leader that had been born after the Cold War had ended, I would love that. I would absolutely love, like, and it's not to, that's no sort of shade on any particular leaders that are older than that. But there it is a different way of thinking. It is a Mm -hmm. different mode of communicating. It is a different energy that comes from that. And it's not that's not right. And something else is wrong. It's just different. Different. And I crave that difference so, so very much.
1: I agree. I agree. Well, and here's the thing. They do that with the Pope. You know, we had the Emeritus Pope Benedict until he passed away. And, um, you know, Pope Francis kind of took over for him. And was able to use utilize Pope Benedict as like an advisor mm-hmm. you know and um so I, I you know i get it and there's there's also the option like maybe they write a talk and somebody else reads it for them yeah in conference you know um yeah, or they I mean, still
0: speak at conference yeah like they rally for the con- i ju- to me it's just and you've heard stories about like a couple of the prophets in the mid to early and late 80s that were mm-hmm. just essentially figureheads but not Yeah, really functioning within that role. And, and, you know, President Monson, even too at some point, like, I just, I feel like there is something um, gracious and graceful about being like, so great. Right. And we're gonna, we're gonna pass this somewhere else.
1: Give you a break.
0: Yeah. 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 I think it's the most merciful thing in the world.
1: Yeah. Well, and and I liked what President Nelson said. He's like, my heart is strong. My legs Mm -hmm. are strong. Mm -hmm. My brain is strong. Mm -hmm. It's just my balance isn't, you know, and, and like, would we think of him as less of a prophet If he was in a wheelchair, giving his talk in conference, you know, we've been so excited about how he's, yes, he's very old, but he's very, you know, he's kept his body in good shape. He's very active and all of this. Would people be bothered then Mm -hmm. to see him like to see that kind of degeneration, you know, just, I think think it's,
0: I think at some point, I think that it does have impact. I don't yeah. think that President Nelson is at that point, right. but I do think at some point the physical limitations of an individual, you start to go, okay. Yeah, yeah. N- you know, not doubting the mantle, not any of that stuff, but like.
1: Right. I, I worry you know, though that there's people who are so dialed in on how well he's upke- like kept himself that they're going to start to falter a little bit in their faith that, oh, if the prophet could get sick and, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Then what is there for me? And it's like, yeah, guys, he's 98.
0: Yeah. Uh, 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 just, you Favorite. know, anyway, yep, yep. So again, love,
1: love to President Nelson.
0: Much, mucho love. Uh, yes. y- You have a pretty cool story that I wanted to make sure that we got to about the Sacred Grove. Can we go there? Yes.
1: Okay. So this gentleman, he's basically been the long term, the longtime caretaker of the Sacred Grove. His name is Robert Parrott. He just passed away from cancer. Now, I was reading about him and he has like a fascinating story. Um, he's not a member of the church.
0: Which is what I thought was absolutely fascinating.
1: I know. But then hearing him talk about the sacred grove, I, like because i that's how this article opens, is his thoughts on the sacred grove. And then to hear, oh, he's not a member. And I'm like, what? So he says, it's my belief that it's a sacred forest and that the Lord has some good reasons for preserving it. It is my belief that it was already a sacred forest when the Smiths arrived here. Hmm. That may have been what drew Father Smith to choose this property out of thousands of acres of frontier property that he could have selected. Joseph, perhaps just exploring the property, went into the forest and felt that sacredness. And that's why he chose that forest to pray in. And then he says what really makes it special is the spirit that is always there. And the spirit is always there if you are receptive to it. And I'm like spoken like a true member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, but he's not one. Um, But there was, so there's been lots of amazing tributes pouring in for him. He was basically hired by the church back in 1997 to harvest some lumber to rebuild the Smith family farmhouse. Hmm. And then like a year or two later, the church asked him for help in preserving the forest because the church was really like keeping it like a park like very well manicured and the trees all trimmed and everything. And he's like, you're actually making it more unhealthy than, than you're allowing it to be what it needs to be, you know? And so he, the church hired him to take over as caretaker of the sacred grove. And, um, you know, past uh, guests of the cultural hall, like Gary Boatwright,
2: mm-hmm. he
1: was very close friends with this gentleman and spoke very highly of him. There's one story that's told where... He was going with a couple of people into the sacred grove to talk about some different projects. And they were, these people from the church were just keen to just walk right in. And he was like, wait a second. I know that in Salt Lake, you guys start all of your meetings with a prayer. Mm -hmm. Why would you walk into the most sacred place in the world without saying a prayer first? Hmm. And you have these, these upper, you know, people serving in the upper echelons of the church of facilities and all of that. And they all felt very kindly rebuked, and they completely changed their methods that, yeah, when we're going into the sacred grove, we need to start with a prayer, and we need to make sure that everything's in line yeah. with our Father in Heaven. He was known to be a very friendly gentleman. He made good friends with all of the sister missionaries serving there, and everybody seems to have very fond memories of it, Brother It's Paris. interesting.
0: So, uh, not much of an obituary as far as his passing, and uh, no sort of services, but mm-hmm. he did ask if people wanted to send flowers or something like that to um, adopt a tree or essentially pay for a tree to be planted there in the sacred grove. So awesome. you can find a link for that in the show notes when people can be able to do that. I thought that was pretty cool. It's a fun, yeah. that's a fun find of a story. Uh, this one for uh, Mr. Mayor, you know, he has that obsession mm-hmm. with the handbell choir. Yes, I think he does. Because his aunt or cousin or... Brother, something. Uh, <laughs> according to this article, it says Folks, we realize that this particular website has set a high bar for nerdiness, but there remains a universe of obscure niche obsessions to explore. And today we're reaching for one of its outermost stars, church handbell music. <laughs> Tickets are available online. There is a concert on the 9th of June. If you are anywhere near the uh, state of Utah, you should go. And as this article goes on, no, seriously, if you haven't seen a handbell choir, you're well, probably a normal person, but you're missing out on a surprisingly high stakes display of synchronicity and sound. The bottom line, you can't go out to the club and find a 33 piece handbell choir to listen to every Friday night. So consider broadening your musical diet this coming June.
1: Love it. So fun fact about the bell choir. Mm -hmm. My husband sang in the Madrigals at Brighton High School, mm-hmm. and his director sang with the Tabernacle Choir, but he was the one responsible for starting the Bell Choir.
0: Interesting. So. The more you know. <laughs> what, uh, yeah. what other stories you got? What did you want to
1: bring? Um, let's see. Okay, so this one was kind of cool. There's a new book that was written by an associate professor at BYU-Hawaii. Okay. Um, It is called seeing things, technologies of visions and the making of Mormonism. Okay. So this is by associate professor Mason Kamana Allred. And he basically looked at the way the church has used technology from the get-go. And I'm not just talking, you know, social media or Mm -hmm. whatever, but um, any media of any given time period. So, um, Let's see, what does he say?
0: Like radio, Photography, like, radio,
1: yeah, yeah broadcast, um, panoramic paintings, typewriters, all mm-hmm. of it, broadcast television, uh, like I said, and how it's really, <laughs> excuse me, helps kind of shaped, obviously shape the messaging of the church. And it talks about how he used something called German media theory, which he studied when he was a Fulbright scholar. And I was like, what the heck is <laughs> German mm-hmm. media theory? So I looked it up. Okay. <laughs> as I am, like, dying. Oh, no, you're fine. <laughs> Excuse me.
0: She gets very okay. emotional about German media theory, everybody. I really... This is She's fascinating. She's crying. Not gonna, She's got tears so in cold. her eyes right now.
1: <laughs> My face is red. Okay, so in German, Kulturwissenschaften, like German. Perfect. Also known as Mediawissenschaft, or uh-huh. Media and Kulturwissenschaft. Literally, cultural media studies. It's a certain branch of media... That approaches in between philology, aesthetics, and techno-philosophy, characterized by a special attention to materiality in relation to cultural processes and products. Mouthful. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> right?
1: But it sounds like German, like German media theory is like it's specifically studied in Germany and how they have used technology to like tell their story, okay. you know, so it's like the same process, but applied to Mormonism. Does that make cool. sense?
0: I love it. Yeah. Mason and, Kamana, all read. You are welcome onto to the cultural hall. We need to do that episode.
1: I think it would be really fascinating. Actually, he talks about how um, the first feature length film backed by the church was called a hundred years of Mormonism of which little footage presently remains known. Mm-hmm. But using the effect of double exposure, he explained that the filmmakers were able to depict the Angel Moroni materializing out of thin air in Joseph Smith's staged bedroom. So you know I and I've always felt that the church does a really amazing job of utilizing technology mm-hmm. um, in various ways. It's interesting I was I was listening to another podcast that is about mega churches and how you could have like a mega church that would then broadcast to other like little ones. And that was like a big revolutionary thing. I'm like, we do that twice a year, guys. <laughs> you know?
0: <laughs> Come on.
1: We we've got that down. And not only to like a few different churches, it's to everybody's house if they want it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, this was just really, really interesting. And I'm currently majoring in communication, so this kind of falls under all of that, you know, that umbrella. Um, but yeah, the church wants to control the way its story is told, so they do.
0: Of course. Uh, We would be remiss if we didn't talk about 60 Minutes and the church being on uh, 11 minutes of this last Sunday as we record this, 60 Minutes, talking about uh, everything with uh, the fine. We've talked uh, a lot about this here in the cultural hall about um, some of the allegations, the settlement Mm -hmm. certainly that the church in totality paid $5 million. The whistleblower, David Nielsen, who used to work for Ensign Peak, um, and and said hey you know what i don't i don't think that this is uh this is honest i don't think this is the way that we should do this and it is a fascinating thing for me tell me if you've seen this in your circles that people are either like this is the the biggest deal in the world and the deceitful mormons are trying to they're basically a business and we should tax them. And I can't believe it. Or this is nothing. People are alleging things and this is nothing that I can't believe it. Guys, it's in the past, just like they said, let's all get. Do you feel like that's kind of the, the two camps that have existed around this? Yes. Yeah.
1: And it's it's displayed very differently depending on the social media that I'm looking at.
0: Yes. Yeah. You know, yeah. Twitter is a dumpster fire as yes, far as that goes, and Reddit as well. I'm not sure an active member of the church is on Reddit. And if they are, they are in hiding. Yeah. Um, oh, big time. And, but but I will say this. Like to me and and where I have kind of come through it, because I think at first I was like, oh my gosh, this is
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know deceitful and all of these things. But I but I really think that like I'm in the middle. I think that I think it was dishonest. Yeah. And I, yeah. I, and and to me, I think that um they and for a couple of reasons, because um like i don't think that if they thought they were innocent they would have paid a fine i mm-hmm. i i mean maybe maybe they yeah. would here's a couple million dollars and this will hush this up and put it away mm-hmm. but 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 it it was wrong it was incorrect yeah. to mm-hmm. the level of deceit and or um you know being dishonest i mean yeah. i don't i don't know that any of us will ever really know the church would never disclose that but it is clear to me that some people were told, hey, this is not the way to do this, and mm-hmm. we need to not do this. And other people who were over those people said, nah, we're fine. We're just gonna keep doing this. We're yeah. just gonna keep it up this way. And, and they were fined.
1: Yeah. I I have to tell you, Richie, I'm <laughs> I don't know how I feel, you know? And uh-huh. I have to just go back to like where do I place my faith? Sure. Right. And I've, I've come to terms with this because of other things happen that have happened in my life. Like, yes, I have faith that this is the most true church on the earth today that we have the continuing, continuing revelation and blessings of prophets and, mm-hmm. you know, additional scripture and all of that. But what it comes down to is just where I place my faith Sure. that it's number one in my savior, Jesus Christ. And that doesn't answer the question at all. But if I can still like at the end of the day, go, okay, my faith in Jesus Christ has not been shaken. I'm probably in a good place, but it's hard to make heads or tails of the whole situation, you know? And it's, it's hard to see, like, if I had been, uh, if this had happened when I was a teenager, not, not now, because like my kids have heard about this on social media and stuff, but like when I was a teenager, if this had come up, it would have been like, you know Mm -hmm. but it's just sorry i'm very stream of consciousness about this
0: no because
1: because i'm still trying to make sense of it you know
0: and the Um, the question that i sort of think of is can it be is there a place that people can say yes the church was dishonest about that gratefully they are honest about that now and have made reparations and are moving forward can it be that I can still be a part of an organization that has that wart or that, you know, misstep, mm-hmm. or is that a thing to me that, that I go, listen, that's just a thing I know about. Yeah. What else do I not know about? What else am I not being told? And I think that's the hardest thing. The, the really simple thing for me to me, for me about this whole thing is like, God asks you to pay tithing. Right. 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 So if I, you know, if I pay tithing and they lit it on fire, that's not the point. I would question right. whether or not or, or why they're lighting my money on the fire. The wisdom
1: behind it. Yeah. yeah.
0: But the principle behind it is God asks me to do so, so I do so. Yeah. So that's not that, but it does definitely it 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 is a thing on the other side that I'm just like, well, you know, I don't know. When when within the sixty minutes, when um, they tried to make a difference between secret and confidential, and the representative from the church didn't have a really great answer for that, yeah, like there are these hanging things where you're where, like you, you go, okay, well, like is my faith in in the Ensign Peak organization and what they're doing with the funding? Well, no, that's not the saving grace. The grace, the literal saving grace, is the savior, but. When I post this on Twitter as well, follow us at The Cultural Hall, where it's like, we talk about by your fruits, they you shall know them, mm-hmm. and that a good tree can't produce bad fruit. And so it really is just this sort of dissonant place where you're like, How do, I, I don't know. And yeah. the beauty yeah. part is, and this is where I'm at, sounds like where you're at, mm-hmm. is I don't know that we have to know, but it's hard yeah. to live in the unknowing.
1: Yeah, yeah. But you know, there's a lot of things about our faith. And I'm not even talking about like anything negative. Like there's Mm -hmm. a lot of things about the gospel that like, I just don't know. Sure. You know, I don't, I don't know how it all works that I'm going to be with my family forever. I don't know. I don't know how it works. I don't know how, I don't know what goes on in a behind closed doors in a Bishopric meeting, you know, those are things that I I don't know. I don't know that I'm entitled to know, or I'll find out at some point, you know. And I just have to go forward with faith, like I said, in my Savior Jesus Christ, and knowing that through the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints, that's where I get that fullest testimony, mm-hmm. and that's just what I have to lean on. Yeah, you know, it's
0: it's funny though the how the brain uh, just wants us to close the gap, and it's like, well, I don't know that. Yeah. that that's the way that I want that gap to be closed. And then right. there's a whole lot of thing in that. Anyway, contact yeah. the cultural if you've got a different way of looking at it that maybe we didn't mention as far as this goes.
1: Yeah, I'd be uh, interested to hear what people have to say. Um,
0: and, and I mean, there's yeah. other people too that I've talked to being completely candid mm-hmm. um, who like they want to give their 10th to a place where they know what it's going to do And because your tithing declaration is as simple as are you a full tithe payer or, you you know, whatever the phrasing of that whole thing is, and you know what that means and you say yes... It is inappropriate if they go, are you giving 10% to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints? And is that demonstrated on this thing? It is inappropriate for them to ask that. So is that a gray area where if people really have difficulty with this, that they can go, you know, I don't know. Maybe I'm doing this different Mm -hmm. for a little bit.
1: And that's between them and Heavenly Father, you know, and I trust that those people are going to do their due diligence to pray and get the confirmation that they need,
0: you know. Sure. Uh, And then Lori Vallow guilty. That's the end. Yeah.
1: (laughs) guilty. (laughs) Okay. So funny story though. I was in Albuquerque, Uh like I said, by the pool doing my homework and I see this flash come across my phone, like Lori Vallow verdict about to be read. And I was in a part, like I was in the indoor part of the swimming pool where there's like a waterfall. So I turned it on really fast on the Facebook live. And I was like, I can't hear anything. Anything. Even with my my headphones and I can't hear anything. So I literally like, I left off my stuff on the lounge chair. I'm like in my swimsuit. I walk out of the pool area into the hallway and I was just standing there for like 20 minutes watching this verdict come in. And my husband, I was like, I saw my husband after his meetings. I'm like, they found her guilty, which is so good. Cause she's totally guilty. Mm-hmm. And he was like, what are you talking about? And I was like, <laughs> you know, the lady and I do he's like, Oh yeah. Why did she, why? And I'm yeah. like, because finally, you know, yeah. like, yep.
0: yeah. Yeah. Uh, and now, uh, and and we'll go into it in much more depth. I've had a conversation with Nate Eaton. He oh, uh, is taking a well-deserved break. Yeah. Uh, and so he'll circle back. He'll resurface. He hasn't been around his family, not very much anyway, while this is going on. So he's been able to go be with them, have some sleep and all the things. He will likely be in next week's Articles of News and give us a whole recap. But couple months until sentencing and then about a year or so until chad goes on trial a lot of the similar stuff will occur within that trial and and uh death penalty not on the table for lori is on the table for chad so that'll be interesting to see how that all pans out all right john i'm giving you your mom back hey
1: john you get me back now
0: megan thank you
1: (laughs) hey anytime richie good to talk with you
0: BestDJinUtah.com. It's been a while since we've had a new one of these, and I apologize for that. It's because I've been so busy DJing events all over the country. Uh, but especially here in Utah, been able to do some great, uh, you know, weddings. I've done a, a prom or two for different listeners of the Cultural Hall. I love it when you uh, reach out to me at bestdjinutah.com, or uh, you can find the phone number online as well. I would love it if you say, hey, I heard about you on the Cultural Hall, because maybe, just maybe, I give a Cultural Hall discount. Uh, all sorts of events. It doesn't have to be a, a wedding. It could be a community event. Maybe it's a ward or youth activity I'm doing one of those this summer. In fact, just lock the deal down on that. Uh, Whatever it may be, if you need music to accompany your event or you just need a great MC, I would love to be able to help you out. You're simply going to need to go to bestdjinutah.com. Hi friends, Dan the Laptop Man here from PC Laptops. Our lifetime service guarantee has become the most trusted warranty in the industry. You can get a brand new PC Laptops desktop computer and they start at only $29 a month. Check us out at PCLaptops.com. It's time for the Temple Ticker brought to you by the Cultural Hall and by sports enthusiast, you've never seen a greater fanatic, uh, a bigger athletic supporter than Corey K. Ward himself, the pharaoh, welcome uh, to talk about uh, all things Temple and the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. How are you, Corey? Doing well. It's a busy season for a gentleman like yourself. It seems like every time I sneeze, we've got announcements of this and declarations of that and contentions of these things. And whenever we have Corey on, we talk about uh, anything that is the latest news about the Temple. So it's not just groundbreakings and dedications. It can be why hasn't this started, sort of uh, speculation? Or as I watched from the latest episode of Ted Lasso, scuttlebutt, which I I think we should start using more word, uh, or it's uh, you know why it's it's hey this is a different thing, a different kind of temple, and that's what this first story is. Everyone else is catching up about how the the modular Helena Temple is this groundbreaking thing, and and you've started talking about this two years ago.
2: That's right. I was the first person on the internet to write about this. I pieced together all the clues and um, found out that this is what was happening. And 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 now the church is finally catching up and reporting about it. It's not
0: hyperbole Um, either. You literally were the first person to write about this on the internet. That's not being braggadocious. It's not being any of those things. It just is as it is. The very first person, Corey K. Ward, To say, hey, these things are going to be modular. We're going to start building these in a different way. Remind me, how did you find that out? You said you pieced it together, but I can't remember sort of the process.
2: Um, I had a source that I will not reveal that gave me a clue about it. He's not like in the church, but he's uh, adjacent to the church. And then I found um, evidence on some construction news websites about this company called Blocks. That they were building a project for a a large international church. And then I found that the church's construction, one of the church's construction companies that they use a lot, Haskell, was helping out blocks with these things. And so there was enough things I could piece together that this was going to happen. And that was over two years ago,
0: people. So if you want to know what's happening for temples in the church two years from now, listen up. I don't know. Maybe that's over promising. (laughs) Uh, But But yeah. It's Helena. And now the first of those temples is starting to come to pla- come to pass.
2: That's right. And the church actually provided some for the first time, some video and some photos of the process. So I didn't, of course, I wasn't privileged to those. I couldn't publish those photos. So now you can see how they um, piece together the the modules in, a, in a, fac- a factory in Alabama and then how they piece them together over about two weeks in Montana once they got there by truck.
0: I really wish, and I know it's not the case, but I really, there's a part, the child part of me that wishes with these modular temples that there was a oversized red button inside the <laughs> temple that you hit, and then it makes a noise like the old school Transformer TV show, and then the temple can completely transform into something else, a like when The army the u.s army was coming to utah and we had to bury the foundation and all that (laughs) like i i want it to be something like of that fashion it's not but that's where my my child heart kind of goes
2: yeah well the church is um certainly um optimistic about this process i think this in montana this temple kind of was delayed a bit from some you know trial and error but i think once this happens um enough times. They did it in Casper earlier last year. Um and maybe they'll try some temples in the Pacific Islands next. So they're gonna have to figure out how to ship these um these modules into the um those Pacific Islands, Papua New Guinea. Um so that'll be a challenge. We'll see if the church is successful at that as well.
0: And you know, companies like Brickham Young, that that Lego ripoff <laughs> thing is going to start to get into these. Buy your new modular pieces for the inside of the temple. I, I think it's cool. And I want you to know, uh, and you'll hear it here first from me, I'm going to the Helena, Montana open house. And we had talked about going, but I just wanted to spare you from riding in the car with my dog and with my wife. So my wife and I and my dog, we're going to go check out the Helena, Montana temple. So I'll tell you firsthand, what that modular temple looks like
2: nice i'm excited yeah um but even though it is um produced in a factory it's very well um personalized i guess stylized to the area um when you're there in helena you may be able to locate the power building which is this downtown building built in 1889 and they used a lot of the art deco um, from that building on the arches of the building to stylize the helena temple and then a lot of the interior of the temple is based on some Native American designs, Native American beadwork, and the buttercup flower. So even though all these temples are will be factory produced, they're very uh, the interior and the exterior are very well, um, well designed for the area.
0: As I understand, it's sort of just like the bones, right? It's not yeah. that the whole temple is obviously produced somewhere else and then they put it together. But the the big pieces of it, and then they get there, they assemble them, and then they they put on the accoutrement.
2: That's right.
0: Okay. Okay. Well, yeah. You know what? I'll make this commitment to you. Uh, I'm going to find whatever power building that is. I'm pretty sure in the back of my mind, because I've been to Helena one time before, that I know what we're talking about. But I'll find it. I'll take a picture of it with a big thumbs up for you. (laughs) Okay. Showing that, showing that picture so that people can see what that looks like. Uh, that's certainly the big amount of news um, that along with the uh, dedication of the Richmond, Virginia temple.
2: Yeah, that's right. Um, this is the 177th temple to be dedicated. Um, it was dedicated by Dylan Jokes. Um, It was actually, uh, Virginia, they announced that it was elder Holland that was going to be presiding. But as we know, he um, was taking a rest from some illnesses right now. So, I guess uh, Elder Oaks went out there. Um, and then the Church News um, put an interesting story out about this. The Untold story about the Richmond Virginia Temple groundbreaking. So um, this temple is actually the first temple to be have a groundbreaking in COVID.
0: Hmm. So the
2: groundbreaking was scheduled for April 11th. And um, as things started to fall apart, as lockdown started to come down, uh, they canceled, of course, the public groundbreaking and everything. But um, I guess the church news says that through some interesting circumstances, uh, Elder Christopherson had met with the the governor Ralph North Northam um, a few weeks before the pandemic, and kind of had a connection there. And I guess they they asked, "Hey, can we go forward with this?" And basically said, "Yeah, but you need to adhere to the guidelines of you know less than ten people, and don't publish any photos until after the pandemic is over." <laughs> so the church news is like, "Okay, the pandemic's over, time to publish the photos." Um, and yeah, just only about, I think one of the general authorities, he was in Virginia from Utah just to be at a state conference, but then the state conference was canceled. So he was in the area anyways. And so he was still able to do that, um, with his wife and a few other couples. And that was it.
0: What a weird time when we look back at (laughs) at COVID and the first part of the pandemic and all of these things, the things that we thought, the things that were the things that didn't end up being but some of the ridiculousness as people were trying to figure it out where it's like no okay yes you can but less than 10 and no pictures and make sure that you know <laughs> that on one foot you're doing the shovel but you don't get a 2 foot that shovel because we've heard you know i mean i, I think it was people doing the best we can but how hilarious that they're like oh we're going to take all the pictures and hold on to them and now release them now that they're <laughs> able to to be done you know i was surprised about this uh that um that St. George is happening in 2023. I was really surprised to see that.
2: Yeah, the temple is certainly um, had a much faster timeline than the Salt Lake Temple. It closed around about the same time um, there, I think, at the end of 2019. So yeah, it's up and going to be ready um, for the open house. It's just going to start on September um, 11th will be the media day, and then September 15th through November 11th. So nice three-long meeting house there in the in the fall in St. George. And then it will be rededicated on December 10th.
0: Well, and and there hasn't been anyone announced for the rededication and the internet loves the (laughs) Um, non-answer.
2: Then
0: then it allows us the opportunity to speculate about things.
2: Well, last time, almost always the church now um, releases the General 30 who will be dedicating the temple and the last time that they didn't do that was the DC temple and uh, President Nelson showed up to that so maybe they're leaving it open for him I know he he is 98 he did post uh, um something on social media this week about his health mm-hmm. so you know you may you, you, you can leave it open but who knows if he'll be there maybe Jeffrey R. Holland a St. George native will well, that, also be And there. that's what
0: the internet is having a heyday with is that they haven't named it because To to many, the natural choice would be to have Elder Holland be the one to dedicate it, but because of his health concerns. And then there's lots of people that... And I, and I love the way we do this because it makes me laugh so hard. There, there's someone, and I'm sure it's not accurate, but says, I've read Elder Holland's Patriarchal Blessing and it talks about <laughs> how he'll be able to dedicate a temple in his homeland. You know, just, it's something like this. And it's just like, guys, first of all, what a great story. Second of all, there is no way you have read his Patriarchal Blessing. And certainly there's, I mean, maybe, maybe, I guess but I love how spectacular the internet internet makes things like they haven't named who's going to dedicate the temple.
2: Yeah. Well, um, there's another temple in the St. George area that is nearing completion. And I would not be surprised if in the next few weeks, there is an announcement about an open house and dedication, hmm. Um, the Red Cliffs uh, Utah temple, which will be a new temple. Um, So my guess in like a, in a perfect world where both men keep their health is that because the St. George temple is like so important to, um, you know, it's the first temple dedicated um, after Nauvoo. I would guess President Nelson would do that, and then maybe President Holl- or Elder Holland would do the Red Cliff Temple. It's hmm. possible it could be within weeks or months of each other, so we'll see about that.
0: Yeah, come on. Stay healthy. Dedicate <laughs> temples. Uh, and then McAllen, Texas. Is McAllen 178? I'm trying to follow math and I tried to... Is Oof. there a good resource to to know what temple this will be? I noticed that this is going to be um, you know, dedicated and and opened on the on 9th of October. But what number is it? And how do you figure and determine that stuff?
2: Well, if you go to churchofjesuschristtemples.org, he has um, a list of all the dedications that have been scheduled. So after Richmond, there'll be Helena, then Citroën Springs, then Brasilia, then Bentonville, then Moses Lake, then Feather River, and then finally McAllen. And so that puts... McAllen at um, number 184. Okay, So this this whole the summer fall will get a lot of dedications. Um, and it will be dedicated on uh, October 9th after an open house, August 25th to September 9th. And they did uh, announce that General Authority will be President Uchtdorf, or Elder Uchtdorf, that will do that. Uh,
0: and, and First Temple in the Rio Grande Valley, are we thinking Elder Uchtdorf because... I mean that part of Texas fairly heavily immigrant. Is that a, is that an okay
2: step? Your guess is good as mine. Okay. Okay. Maybe, maybe he was just the next one to get an assignment. I don't know.
0: I like the idea of a big uh punch bowl of elder uh, of the Quorum of Twelve Apostles names, and then uh-huh. <laughs> when they have their meeting, that President Nelson dips his hand in and goes, and the McCallan, Texas Temple, and then, you know, crumples the paper and goes. Dieter it's you (laughs) okay I'll go I'll fly there (laughs) um and then Orlando this was sort of an interesting thing the extension of this
2: uh yeah this hasn't been published anywhere but um I was tipped off by a commenter on a blog that the Orlando Florida temple will be closed for the better half of 2024 um from April 2024 to December 24 which um just recently we've got an announcement that the Toronto temple would also close about that nine month time. So I guess the Orlando temple is also um, going to be on the block. So I guess not a formal um, renovation, but kind of a, a long closure.
0: Hmm. Okay. And we think that's just maybe, I mean, a lot of these temples will have a scheduled every few years, like carpet and good clean scrubbing and stuff like that. That's not what this is. It's got to be something beyond that.
2: I mean, it could be if it's nine months. Yeah. Um, Maybe, I guess, all these temples, like San Diego, Toronto, they're, they're, they've they're all been dedicated in the 90s. So maybe mm-hmm. it's just like 30 years old, time to refresh a little bit.
0: Okay, okay. And then other just quick media stories uh, about some temples. We start in Heber Valley.
2: Yeah, the church is finally getting to submitting a building application. So they submitted it this week, and they Forgot, or maybe they, for some reason, just didn't submit the the lighting plan that, as we talked about, the council recently adopted. So the church will have to submit an addendum to that application. So,
0: because it's a dark sky uh, part of the world, lights can't shine up into the sky, light pollution, and all that stuff. And there are well, they can be. They
2: allowed the council allowed that now, but they need to have certain other specifications.
0: So that will continue to be drama for the folks in Heber Valley, San Jose. I love this, uh, this spectacular headline: a massive Mormon temple is headed for San Jose, but where? <laughs>
2: yeah, the Mercury News published uh, an article about this, and you know everyone in the Bay Area knows the Oakland Temple. Um, so I guess what might be they might be expecting is like a, a very large temple in the Silicon Valley area. Um, but I wouldn't be so optimistic. I think we'll probably get a a modest temple there in the somewhere. Probably not. I mean, it could be on the hill, but maybe not. Um, but the article quotes um um like a member of some stake, um, and he's like, "Oh, this temple will be uh capped by an angel Moroni," and I'm like, clearly, this person probably doesn't know that yeah, okay. we're we're done with that. Yep. And the Oakland temple doesn't have one either. So I don't know why he's so like adamant that the San Jose Temple will.
0: Just so long as my daughter has a place to get her Quincenera photos taken closer <laughs> than Oakland, please let's get it. Let's get it done.
2: That's right. And they um they say that recently in San Jose there was a, a Buddhist temple that kind of had a hard time getting approval. Hmm. And so they're, I guess, also anticipating that there might be a a, a, a steep approval process for this.
0: Temple. i thought you were making a
2: steeple joke
0: i was really <laughs> hoping that that was the payoff there springfield missouri i loved i love these kind of articles where it's like they've announced that a temple is coming here we don't know
2: <laughs> yeah well this is actually um written by like a let's see a member of the of the baptist apologist network and he's actually kind of like hey there's this temple coming with mormons so you'll probably get a lot of proselytism coming to your doors because that's What happens when a temple is built? There's extra missionaries in the area, which is completely not true. There's been missionaries in Springfield for you know decades, and they'll continue to be in Springfield. But I don't think until the open house, there'll be like some sort of big media drive. Yeah, but he's basically saying, Hey, get, get yourself ready, like you know, like get your talking points ready so those Mormons don't convert Yeah.
0: You can buy my online course about how to deal with Mormons for $50, <laughs> you can buy my online course.
2: You see them all over TikTok.
0: And then uh, Bentonville, Arkansas, you have as the last article here.
2: Yeah, uh, there's a local member that wrote an opinion piece about saying how grateful is grateful she is that there's a chemical spy in, there in Arkansas. And speaking of which, the reservations are now available for the open house. So if you're in the area.
0: You happen to be stopping by Bentonville, Arkansas. All right. Well, you didn't know that this was coming, but I... I am going to add into this temple news. Are you excited about this or what? You can say, or what? Or what? Uh, There is, I've got to make sure that I get my number correct. So I'm scrolling through. There is a Nauvoo temple listicle that I wanted to share with you. Nine stories that you might not have heard about (laughs) the Nauvoo temple. So I'm going to do my best to try and stump you a little bit about this and we'll see how we do. Okay. Okay. True or false temple work at the Nauvoo temple worked around
2: the clock? Some days, yes it did.
0: Yep. When President Young left the temple and saw the crowd, he delayed his departure for 2 weeks in order to help more than 5,000 people receive their temple ordinances. However, even before this story occurred, temple work was in full swing at the Nauvoo temple. Mercy Fielding Thompson lived with one of her children in the temple while she was helping with female temple work laboring night and day all right <laughs> nice. I, and I love these kind of uh listicles by the way because they're not they're they're things that we all sort of know, but we can put them in a list of whatever uh true or false I gotta figure out a way um a way to ask this question because these it isn't presented in this way um but Joseph Smith, okay, true or false. Uh, Joseph Smith had seen a vision of the Nauvoo Temple. Probably, sure. Okay. Joseph Smith had seen a vision of the Nauvoo Temple and worked closely with architect William Weeks to make sure that it was built as he had seen it. At one point, after Joseph told William about the large circular windows that should go between stories, Weeks told him that they were a violation of all the known rules of architecture because the (laughs) building was too low and suggested semicircular windows instead. Joseph's response was that the circular windows needed to be built, even if it meant making the temple 10 feet taller than originally planned. All right. Okay. Question number three, the Nauvoo temple started on fire, true or false?
2: Uh, It was set on fire. Okay, so I'll give you
0: 50% credit on that. There were actually <laughs> okay. two fires. Okay. Construction on the original Nabu temple uh, had its delays on February 9th, 1846. A small fire erupted on the roof of the temple. In the afternoon, gratefully, the damage was minor. And then on October 9th, 1848, two years after the saints were driven out of Nauvoo and forced to abandon their temple, the structure was again endangered by fire. And then, uh, let's see. Nope, oh, oh, that's it. And then there was talking about another fire in Nauvoo. Okay, here we go. True or false. Regular church meetings were held in the Nauvoo temple. Uh True. Spencer McBride, church historian, shared that before the temple was completed, it was sometimes used by the saints for meetings when the weather would not pl- allow them to meet outdoors. And that's similar for the temples of that time, because Kirtland, uh, and I wish that I had this regular to pull from, but um, there there were like rules for sacrament meeting, essentially, sacrament meeting uh, attendance. Uh if you were to attend in the Kirtland temple and one of the things that it says, and I don't have the exact verbiage, but it's basically like, if your kids are being loud and disruptive, we don't want you here. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Yeah. No kidding. It's, it's just like, no, no thanks. They're, you know, they're not they're to be dealt with elsewhere, please. Or something. I can't remember. I it's, that's going to the deep, deep, deep recesses of my mind. I
2: recently learned that, um, because, From Spencer McBride's podcast um, that because the Community of Christ Congregation worshipped in the Kirtland Temple for for many years, they were able to get legal control over the temple because of the doctrine of adverse uh, possession. So if you just like own a building for own a property for Mm -hmm. if you just inhabit it for a certain amount of years and no one is like disputing whether you own it or not, then they'll just give it to you.
0: Interesting. You know, also uh, also, sort of an interesting thing, Kirtland Temple at one time was a barn.
2: He he talks about that rumor as well in the podcast, and that's actually probably a little bit overblown. What? <laughs> I know. There's one account, basically, of they left the doors open and some animals kind of wandered oh, in. Oh, that's
0: a barn. That's a barn. So, me. <laughs> okay. That's how I define barn. Did an animal <laughs> live there at all ever once? Uh, other sort of interesting thing, and I I need to... um finish out that podcast, but does it talk about uh, how when the church bought the Newell K. Whitney store, about how it was a bar?
2: Oh, that might be the last episode. I haven't got to that one yet. Yeah.
0: So uh, at one point before it was you know restored to what it is now, someone was running a, a bar and tavern out of it, and they, the church allowed them to continue their lease to the end. So for a short time in church history, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints owned a bar. How's that? Yeah. How's that? All right. We've got a couple more Nabu things and I'm letting you go. Uh, let's see. I got to make this into a question. Oh, now I'm not going to. Youth in the Cornerstone. Uh, when the uh, Cornerstone was um, rebuilt, that is for the now what we have in Nabu Temple, there were a couple of um, young Aaronic priesthood presidents that were able to be a part of the Cornerstone ceremony. So that's cool. Uh President Hinckley, as soon as he uh, became prophet, wanted to rebuild the Nabu Temple as soon as possible. Okay, here we go. The uh, the Moroni statue on top of the angel Moroni, what are the two unique things about it?
2: Um, It was patterned after the angel in Revelation. So it was kind of like it's like a forward-facing laying down vertically.
0: Okay, right. that's one. In fact, the nickname and I didn't know this. They call it uh Super Moroni because he looks <laughs> like a, a you know, a, a a sprawling out uh Moroni. And then what's the other one?
2: Um is it that they when they were rebuilding the temple that they have a they were considering putting a replica of that one but then resident Hingley decided that they would put the standard Moroni on there.
0: Could be, but I don't know. Okay. <laughs> what I've got is that it faces west instead of east. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, mm-hmm. And then the last couple things, and then we got to wrap, because I've got to go. You've got to go. Uh, did you find a job, BT-dubs? Uh, no. I'm still okay. Hire, hire the pharaoh. You can send me an email. Contact <laughs> at theculturalhall.com. The longer it gets, the more desperate he'll get. So for right now, he'd really like to do something in the craft, which he studied. But six months from now, Maybe you got a Panda Express you need a manager for. You can reach out to me. Contact dot the com. They make over six figures, by the way. Really? Uh, yeah, time capsule in the uh, Nauvoo Temple. Uh, they found. I'll just tell you a hymnal, a scrapbook with press packets, brochures, photos. Nope, this is what they put in: and articles about the Nauvoo Illinois Temple, a knife, a trowel, chisel from the temple's construction, and a commemorative coin. And then finally, the surviving artifacts. Though the Nauvoo Temple was destroyed, a few items connected to the temple have survived until today. And one of them is the Nauvoo Bell. So, Corey K. Ward, we hope that this episode has nourished and strengthened your body.
2: We hope that if you weren't able to hear that you were, if you weren't able to be be here this week, that you can be here next week.
0: And that when the time comes, you'll be able to travel home in safety. In the meantime, Chris at Alpine Lakes Travel, Rick McGee, Debbie Wanless, and Chocolate Cake Bites podcast. We'll be saving a seat for you
2: on the back row of of the Cultural Cultural Hall. Save me a seat.
0: It's sure to be neat on the back
1: row.